Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Live. Worldwide. Word. Come on, y'all. Let's rock. I'm taking over the radio frequency. Hey ladies, it's March and our sponsoring organization Pumps for Women Inc. has a bunch of events and conferences and amazing goodies in store for every woman around the globe. Make sure to follow us on social media, Pumps for Women Inc. on Facebook and Instagram. Make sure to like and share and also visit our website for a ton of news updates and find out how you can become a member, pumpsforwomeninc.org, P-U-M-P-S, Purpose Uplifting, Mentoring, Positivity, and Sisterhood, right here on Pumps Radio. Wakey, wakey, it's breakfast time. Morning is upon us. It's Miss J in the morning, in the morning, in the morning. Miss J, Miss J, Miss J. Hey, it's your girl, Miss J, and today's episode is featuring another soulful sister, none other than Ari Lennox. Yes, we are continuing our Her Story celebration for National Women's History Month right here on Miss J in the Morning. Shouts out to all of the ladies out there listening today and to you men too. Ari Lennox has come up as one of the newest and sweetest and most powerful voices there is in R&B, pop, hip-hop, and soul. She first hit the scene by J. Cole. If you don't know who J. Cole is, I need you to go ahead into your hip-hop repertoire and look up who J. Cole is, who kind of put Ari Lennox on. So today's episode is featuring an exclusive interview with Ari Lennox by You Feel Me Podcast. Gold Candy shouts out to the host, Lee. Today we're going to listen to this podcast where you get a real insight of Ari Lennox, her experience being discovered by J. Cole from SoundCloud as an independent artist. Just a girl who liked to sing all the way up to what we all feel good about us women, our skin, our shea butter baby which got her performing all over the world. Now, Ari Lennox has some brand new music that's hitting. I mean, Chocolate Pomegranate. I mean, so many other singles that are topping charts right now. I want you to make sure to follow her on Instagram and download her music to get the real about being a woman. Ari Lennox is one of those artists that says, hey, I'm young, I'm imperfect, and I'm going to embrace all of it. So we have another special double feature, and you're going to hear 
Ari Lennox Tiny Desk Concert by NPR. Now make sure you guys are listening with some mature people around because there is some explicit language and sexual topics in her music. But those of you who know Ari know how she gets down. The truth about being a woman, the truth about being a young woman, the truth about being a young, creative black woman here in America doing what she does, it's Ari Linux. Let's enjoy today's show on Miss J in the morning. What's up, everybody? My name is Lee Shaner, and you're tuned into You Feel Me. What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Welcome to the You Feel Me podcast. We are sitting on this beautiful choral set because our theme of the month is passionate, and the artist that we chose to represent oh. passionate is a woman who made not only a passionate album, but a beautifully vulnerable album, an honest album. Um, Shea Butter Baby just recently went gold, right? Oh, wow. Thanks. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, the song. The song. I think, yeah. Maybe the album, though. By the time this comes out, it might be gold. Fuck it. Hope so. Congrats. Thank you. On everything that's been happening for you. Thank you How does it feel? Have you been having any time to, like, soak it in? Um, It feels really, really good. Um, It's a blessing that people like to just hear soul music and um, R&B, and it's just me talking about, like, my life. So I'm, I'm happy people can relate. Like, I had no idea I was making, like, an apartment anthem like i i didn't realize that so it's cool that people really support and love it yeah ultimately i mean that is what the record is just so relatable i think mm-hmm. everybody could find a piece of themselves mm-hmm. in it like wow, you, thanks. yeah absolutely i really think you made one of those records that in 15 years it'll come on at a cookout and people will be like you you kids don't know nothing about this really? or like you know like my child hopefully will be vacuuming going like like Dang. knowing that's the cleaning music you know what i mean Dang. like you, you made one of those records. Thank you. I made cleaning uh, house music. Do, do you feel like you made that? <laughs> I mean, I never realized it until, you know, a few, like, sweet people have said that to me. Mm-hmm. So that makes me feel like, dang, like, I guess I did accomplish something really beautiful and good. What, what, what was that record when you were a kid that let you know it was, like, house cleaning time? Did you have that? Dang. <laughs> Honestly, ugh, man, the things that were, like, played in my household like the what my dad and my mom was black like honestly they were blasting like church music Mm. like when i think of like cleaning music we listened to like like soulful like beautiful secular bops in the car Mm -hmm. but like when i just the music that was blasting in the house was usually like gospel so like donnie mcclurkin um Kirk Franklin. Hell yeah, you sometimes know. you gotta stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you grow up singing in a church? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that, yeah. Where, is that where you learned that mm-hmm. you had vocals? Yeah. Yeah, I grew up singing in the church, uh, Heritage Fellowship Church of Christ in um, like Northern Virginia, so somewhere in Herndon. But the church was always moving and we were always, or the church was always trying to like raise money to buy or to build a bigger church. Mm-hmm. So I don't really even know what the actual, well, I guess Reston was the original like church home and it's probably there now. I think it's bigger and cuter now. I think they finally built it. You ever go back? I have not gone back, and I should. Shout out to Pastor Tate. Shout out Pastor Tate. Uh, How old were you when you got into the church choir, and, like, how early on was Mm. it apparent that you had a a special talent? 
Well, I was four, probably, or five, like, joining the church choir. Yeah. And I just wanted a solo so bad. And, you know, Miss Kelly wanted me to take my time. Like, she didn't think I was, like, really, really ready for it. But I've been singing, like, all over the house ever since I was, like, three. And, like, my grandma, Holly, always encouraged me and said I, I sounded, you know, like an angel. So... I mean, I don't know. I just, I just was always singing and writing. I is there I video always... of this? Like, did they archive this? No, unfortunately, no. we didn't have no VHS or no, um, no right. video cameras. Thing. Yeah, no camcorders. You were writing at that age too. That I was. Young? That's what my grandma, my other grandma in Charlotte, um, Grandma Mills, she said I used to write songs underneath her porch, and I would try to, or I would force my sister to like sing them with me, and she'd get annoyed. Would you, like, gather the family around and, like, try to set up little fake performances that they could watch? That type of thing? No. No. But I did at one point when my two little brothers, I taught them how to do, like, this choreography to, like, uh, Jaw Rule, some Jaw Rule record and, like, uh, some Christmas song. And, like, they, I can't believe they listened to me, but I taught them, like, this intense choreography where they were, like, brushing the dirt off their shoulders and everything. But it was really sad. It wasn't amazing. I was um, a baby tyrant when I was, like, little, ruining my family's life that's so funny people so. forget that ja rule really had like a strong three ja summers rule is you know everything that's right. so there are people that try him and i do not like those people i think they're disgusting soulless pieces of crap mm-hmm. because ja rule to me is life like had some of the most beautiful collaborations in the world okay or in life in general like J-Lo, Ashanti, like, come on. And his passion was just, I could feel that. It was just beautiful. And he was just talking real stuff. I honestly feel like even there's a lot of rappers today, like, they might be able to spit some stuff. But can you really make a record that makes a girl feel like, dang, like, I'm your, can I curse? I'm your bitch. I'm your main bitch. I'm your bottom bitch. I'm your side bitch. I'm all these bitches to you. Mm -hmm. I'm your wife or your wife or like, (laughs) (laughs) or like just a real, like, I don't know, like partner. He just made you feel like all these things or, I don't know. When I think of like what I wanted growing up, like, I think. It was Ja Rule? No, not Ja Rule. (laughs) No, it was like. It was, like, his music to be, like, the background Mm -hmm. to, like, my love life. And that never really happened. But, I don't know, it was just real, like, he just cared, it seemed, about, like, his bitch, it seemed. Hell yeah. Let me tell you something. When I woke up this morning knowing I had to interview Mm -hmm. you, I did not think you would go on a rant about Ja Rule. But, like, thank goodness you did. And, first of all, I don't think he was ever canceled, ever. So He didn't get canceled, but he got shut down. Exactly. And that always annoyed me because I don't think that—not to me. He was never shut down to me. Mm -hmm. I thought he was still cool. Like, it didn't matter. So, let me ask you this, then. How Mm -hmm. did you feel about all the Firefest stuff when that happened with him? Oh, I don't know nothing about that. Um, I think he got scammed. I think he's a good person, but I think, yeah. All right. (laughs) You know what? Shout out Ja Rule. If anybody got a problem with him, you can holla, holla at her about it. Uh, That was a dad joke that I attended. That's fine. Um. Okay, yeah. Now back to the back to the story mm-hmm. of our. <laughs> so you're this little three, four year old writing songs and mm-hmm. making your brothers perform and everything. Yeah. <laughs> and, and how long was it until you are soloing at the church? Are you like six by that point? 
Um, yeah, probably about six or seven. Like, no kidding. Um, Miss Kelly finally let me get on that stage and sing. And the first time I did, mm -hmm. I forgot the lyrics. And they were like, it's all right. It's all right, baby. It's all right. And they started the record over. Really? And, um, or they started the song over. Yeah. And I sung it all the way through and it was good and then from then on like they loved having me as like the little baby child and so soloist. from that point did you just have like the performance bug like you just needed to you just wanted to feel that warmth at all times or what yeah, yeah. i just always wanted to be little bow wow really bad wow yeah ja like jaw rule little bow wow and well specifically little bow wow and jojo yeah because they were child phenomenons yeah. like exactly that's when he was a child because right now you need to yes. refer to him as shad moss oh Put some respect on the okay, name. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Oh, so you you just love JoJo and and and, mm -hmm. and so you had like dreams of being a child star then. I really did, and I just saw how Bow Wow was doing it so effortlessly and amazingly, and I was like, dang, like he's killing it. He's goals, and JoJo, she was singing. Oh yeah singing her heart out like real powerhouse phenomenal soulful vocals as a child as a baby like my voice wasn't even developed like mm. that like I feel like my voice finally started getting like good in my my 20s like my early 20s late high school years yeah my early 20s yeah that's like you because, really literally found your voice and I got confident and comfortable and I was practicing more and I was singing live more and, and then my vo my voice just got stronger did you feel an, uh, a confidence in your writing ability grow at that time too oh yes yeah. and there were people who tried me and said you know I wasn't the best writer but you know I just I always wanted to express myself so it, you know I just didn't think too much about what those people were saying I just here's a good beat Here's a good melody. Let me just put whatever lyrics in there. Mm -hmm. And I don't think lyrics should be perfect necessarily. Just tell your story. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so. sometimes the perfection is in the imperfection, the flaws, mm -hmm. the little, like, the things that add character, mm -hmm. the, the je ne sais quoi, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, okay, French. French, you know what I'm saying? Hey, shout out to the okay. LA Public Library. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're, so, oh, you're oui, funny. Oui. Uh, um, so... Here's my question then. If you had this desire to like almost be a child star, right? Like that's kind of what you had in the back of your head. Mm -hmm. Did you did you and the family take any steps towards that? Did you ever look for like representation when you're a kid? Because wow. sometimes I meet these artists that I think like just got their start maybe a few mm -hmm. years ago, but they might have had like a little mini career at 13 or something. Was mm -hmm. that you? No, I was never that good okay. ever. Like the first time I recorded a song, I was like 14 and it was with this amazing um person and rapper named James. Daniels and Shout like out James Daniels. yes and he let me get on a hook yeah or on his hook and um I personally feel like I sounded a hot mess yeah and uh but it was like a baby me like I didn't know how to just be free on a track I didn't know how to feel it I um I just sounded like a pop hot scary mess yeah. like it was just this terrifying disgusting horrifying saw five skeleton key it was just not what did that cute. recording session look like was it like the pop stopper with a sock over it type yes. thing in somebody's in his bathroom? Basement. Oh, basement it was yeah. like an unfinished basement yeah. and yeah and there was really no padding for real it yeah. was it was a little beautiful ratchet was he in high school up. or something or like what was oh. he trying to do? no he was a grown man he was a grown man oh, this yeah. was yeah he was a grown man okay mm -hmm. yeah so he was trying mm -hmm. yeah right yeah. um what did your folks do as you're growing up? So my mama was a project manager and my dad, he just had all of these dope, like fire 
positions. Like, he was just always a free spirit and just hopping from one job to the next. I don't know if he'll be mad at me for saying this, but, like, he worked at Freddie Mac. He worked at Flock uh, for Love of Children in D.C. Mm-hmm. Um, he has big roots in D.C. CASA, uh, Court Appointed Special Advocates uh, for uh, Children, I believe. Are these kind of, these are kind of like, um, Nonprofit organizations or non-profit something like that. Nonprofit organizations. Yeah. He started in the health field and oh, things like that. Yeah. And then he became an author. Then he was a teacher. Like he's just a he's a really wild, like free spirit. Like just like myself. He just kinda knows how to do a little mm-hmm. bit of everything, get mm-hmm. in where, where he needs to, yeah. yeah. Yeah, moving all the time. Like we moved all the time. Um and I'm sure that probably encouraged why like me going to a million different high schools. Right. Cause uh, in the D.C. area, though, yeah, you didn't, like, move from city to city. You're just kind of moving around the city? Yeah. Yeah. Basically. And, yeah. and um, I mean, I like, I was born in D.C., grew up, or I spent three years in Fort Washington, Maryland. Okay. Then my elementary school years, I was in Chant- Chantilly, Virginia, and Ashburn, Virginia. And what were the differences in some of those schools? Like, would it be different sociological makeups? Oh, my God. Yeah, it was so much trauma happening. How so? I, I, well, I don't remember Fort Washington because I was like a little a three-year-old yeah. snot nose. And then, but the schools in Virginia, they were predominantly white. And I just don't feel like their parents were very hip to, um, I don't know, just diversity or like just uh, being sensitive to like uh other races and stuff like that so um it it was definitely like a racist like traumatizing time like i went through a lot no shit you're just like going through like constant microaggressions from kids and shit from kids and from teachers oh yeah this one teacher i had she um it was during home ec and she was offering like black tattoos and color tattoos and just you know for all of us to just mm-hmm. have like a I guess a nice little cool like treat to right. just, or whatever so I was like oh I want the color tattoo and she was like well I think you should get the black tattoo because I think that's the only thing that's gonna like show on your skin oh, wow. just like <laughs> yeah. it's just always like little weird uncomfortable ignorant uh-huh. stuff that always happened uh-huh. and then like they wondered why like I was just always in and out of trouble. I just wasn't messing with just I mean, blatant ignorance. There's studies that show, you know, black children in a predominantly mm-hmm. white school mm-hmm. are more likely to get detention, more mm-hmm. likely to get suspended, get picked on by teachers, and you kind of, like, looking back mm-hmm. realize you were probably experiencing mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably definitely due to just, like, lack of understanding and, yeah. and uh, racism on their part, you know what I'm saying? Did you like, get to see any, you know, black role models at that school? Were there any teachers or, or anything? Dang, that's deep. No. I don't remember not damn nobody. Like, no, just, I just had my friends. Yeah, I do not remember any black people. Mm -hmm. No, well, nobody stuck out. Mm -hmm. I don't remember, no. And and so when you um, switch out back out of Maryland and back to D.C., mm-hmm. is are then are you going to more predominantly black schools? Yes, and that was just the best thing that ever happened to me. Like, I fell in love. Like, it wasn't even real, but, like, I just fell in love with just, like— so many beautiful chocolate guys just the idea of like finally feeling pretty because Mm -hmm. at these schools I kind of like felt like an ugly duckling but as soon as I went to a school where it was predominantly black like I just felt like the guys were definitely like 
trying to like holler. Yeah. And so it was a dream come true. Life started getting fun after that. That that's like so. It's so sad to hear the elementary story and so beautiful to hear like the kind of junior high. School, yeah, the middle school, school story. Yeah. yeah, like getting mm-hmm. to come into your own. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's really nice. And then, and then at a school like that, where you're getting to see black adult role models as yeah. well. Yeah, that's yeah. very nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. but at the same time, yeah, it, it's kind of a. Uh, do you think growing up around um, that sort of not so hidden racism has mm-hmm. helped you navigate and learn to like code switch a little bit as an adult? Shit, I no. feel like yeah, I feel like that kind of brainwashed me a bit to even look at um, to just even look at certain things from their point of view that was racist and ignorant. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a like and I I'm not gonna go too deep on it because I feel terrible yeah, about ahead. like the way like I feel like I used to even think. But it was definitely due to like conditioning and just like so I would never do that to my child. Like I would never put my beautiful chocolate child in no predominantly white area. Like it, it or white school would definitely have to be diverse mm-hmm. and and just just all around good good vibes mm-hmm. just good like energy you know and just discussion just discussion about like I don't know the truth. You I got know? you. Yeah. I mean, I, and I think so. that's something in listening to the record and just the overall vibe that you put forth. It's so mm-hmm. nice to see this representation of a strong black woman, mm-hmm. oh, uh, you know, getting her voice elevated and 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 being that relatable character, thank getting to you. be a role model to young women. You know what I'm saying? Dang, dang, man, thanks. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that not that, to get all mushy. No, that feels really great. Yeah, that's the best part of this. I mean, it's like I told you, you, you had like dozens of people dressing mm-hmm. up for you for uh, as you for Halloween. That you know cool. what I mean? Like, that yeah. Was you're, really, really cool. You're really a role model out Thank here. It's amazing. You. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't believe... I always felt like, dang, like, I don't really have a look. Like, how would anyone be me for Halloween? And You don't realize crazy. that you have a look, but you yeah, got a look. Yeah, I didn't... Well, I didn't realize yeah. it until, like, Halloween happened. I was just like, dang, like, that's cool. Yeah, like, that was really dope. Thanks for tuning in. Skullcandy wanted to show you some love for listening by hooking you up with 15% off your next purchase. Head over to Skullcandy.com and use the code YOUFEELME19 at checkout to get 15% off anything site-wide. Beyond the different cultural experiences Mm -hmm. in school, how were you with school? You say you were a writer from a young age. Did that translate into Mm -hmm. schooling? No, I was a hot mess. I I just didn't care. I was always skipping. But I was was skipping to go to, like, the museums. Oh, wow. And stuff, yeah. There's a lot of of museums in mm -hmm. D.C. There's a lot of things to see. Exactly, and they're all free. So it was just fun getting lost in D.C. and just, just... soaking in like the beautiful sights and just the beautiful people and just the energy so I school was never my thing but luckily I graduated I don't know how I really feel like they felt bad for me and they gave me like they're like get out like, just, just go, go just go yeah, on yeah. like go on cause, yeah. yeah but I, I mean so I'm glad it's over you mentioned you have brothers do you have sisters too mm-hmm. how, how big is your family so I have two sisters two older sisters two older brothers um, and two younger brothers. Oh, so you got a big yeah. family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're kind of like bottom middle, like towards the end yeah, middle? Yeah, yeah. So I have like, so I'm the youngest girl. Yeah. And I have, yeah, so two little brothers. So yeah. What What was that kind of um, social dynamic like even within the family? Was there, was that, was part of... Um, singing wanting mm-hmm. to get more attention you think like oh yeah they yeah. definitely thought like i was annoying because i was always singing but also i i was just obsessed with my parents i just always wanted to be around them mm-hmm. 
And they were kind of just like, they wanted to be around their friends and things like that. And so like, naturally, I feel like my parents, even though I I got my ass whoops, like I got disciplined and things like that. But like, they, I, I don't know, I think they were jealous. I think they thought like I was like... I don't know, just I never got in trouble or something. But now we're all good now. Like, we're cool. You were like, because you were the youngest girl, so you're like the baby of the family. Like, oh, you take it so easy on them. Yeah. By the time you got that many siblings, the parents Mm -hmm. are like, hey, okay, we're ready to, like, be adults again, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, Yeah. right. Um, (laughs) So by the time you're done with high school, Mm -hmm. did you you already kind of, like— know what you, you did you know that this was going to be the path and did you start to pursue it at that point Dang, I just was not thinking about anything I just knew I'm just gonna make music yeah I'm just gonna make music that's it like I, I want to be successful I want to be like a superstar but it wasn't something I could dream I couldn't dream about days where like I was rich or something. I just had to spend those days recording and yeah. dropping music on like SoundCloud or, you know, any streaming service yeah. or whatever. So like, yeah, I just, I'd never spent time dreaming, just really like just doing it. Just putting boots to the ground and, and being doing sad. the work. Why were you sad? Because it just didn't seem like it was good enough. It didn't seem like no one like really cared or or really even thought I could sing, but like now it's like okay, it's just things just take time. Yeah. But I never thought. I think you have such would. a unique vocal tone that mm-hmm. maybe like, you know, people just needed mm-hmm. to catch up or something. Mm-hmm. Really, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Well, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, it sounds you. like I'm just gassing you up, no, but I, I, I appreciate. Yeah. You. Uh, what was the first streaming site that you start releasing music on? Is it SoundCloud? It was actually Facebook. I okay. was dropping really terrifying videos, terrifying comedic videos of myself and of like singing as well. And then I found out about YouTube and then somebody was like, oh, you know, you need to get on SoundCloud. That's the wave. Got on SoundCloud. And honestly, that's how Dreamville got hit to yeah. me. Yeah. Because uh, Omen found you. Yeah, Omen right. found me. And, um, well, his engineer, Aaron, found me and was listening to my stuff on SoundCloud, passed it to Omen. Omen passed it to Dreamville. And they saw, like, I was getting, like, views and stuff on my own. Mm-hmm. And so they flew me out to L.A. And it's just been history. Before we get to there, let me go back a little bit. Because mm-hmm. you bring up that you're putting out comedic videos on Facebook, right? Uh-huh. And one of the, th- I've been following along from a distance <laughs> for a while. And one really? thing that I think, I, that I that I pick up just from casually watching is mm-hmm. that like you, you're like genuinely funny. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like thanks. like you know j- just recently that video of you and Guap Dad kind of like improving like mm-hmm. that's like laugh out loud. You saw that? I see I see shit. I'm not Nardwar, <laughs> but I see shit. And so yeah, like is your sense of humor something that like people don't uh, or people like take for granted or don't realize about you until they meet you or like like how, how long when did you know you were funny? I guess. I mean, I've always been goofy and yeah. stuff, and it's just always been something I I always did, but I was never, like, passionate about it. I was more so passionate about singing, but, like, the comedic side always emerged, like, randomly, casually. Mm-hmm. And at first, I was doing YouTube com- comedic, like, sketches, like... But like it, changing lyrics to songs or what? Uh, or, just or just like, like actual sketches? Just actual sketches of just like me editing the own video. Just randomness of just creating like jokes and stuff like that. But it became too much. Like the idea of like being consistent as a comedian, like it just was not my passion. Yeah. So like I stayed with the music. But like with all of this stuff now, like, yeah, I think people, it's hard because it's like I 
I want people to see my personality and like yeah. the craziness, but I also get afraid that like you know people might get scared off from like the intense energy. That's the yeah. That's the funny thing is like the. Showing the comedic personality is mm-hmm. a very vulnerable thing in and of yes. itself because usually, like, because you're go- not like this dainty little like R&B. You're real, yeah. It's like the, you got you make this such serious music that I think people would almost be taken off, taken they like are. off guard by that. You know, they really are by like my views. Like, I probably lost maybe I don't know a whole bunch of people when I came out and I said like you know. I'm I'm for like the LGBTQ community and like yeah. I don't mess with anyone who goes around saying like that they hate people of the you know yeah, trans yeah. community like right. I I just I I hate people who hate right we you hate know, beautiful people that are just living their lives so it's like I realize like damn like I have a lot of opinions that people just not they're right. not really like I gotta be careful I guess. Even though yeah. it's like no, like this this should just be a unanimous opinion. Like why why aren't why aren't you minding your business? Like that's a great question. Like what the hell? It's is so wrong easy to wake you? up and mind your business. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yeah, that kind of brings me to something I've been wondering um, because you do you could because you are so open on social mm-hmm. media, mm-hmm. like. How do you kind of balance that in your mind? Like, do you have a, a schedule in your head mm-hmm. of like, um, I need to go live on Instagram today? Or is it just kind of, are you flying by the seat of your pants? Because it seems <laughs> like you're always really out there. And I wonder uh-huh. about being a modern artist, like how much of it is that studio work mm-hmm. or like this kind of work mm-hmm. versus just like being available to your fans online? I just be bored. Yeah. And like, all it takes is someone to say, go live. And I'm just like, no, I shouldn't. I won't. But it conditions me. It brainwashes me without me realizing it. And before I know it, I'm on live acting a hot ass mess. You're funny as fuck online, though. It's fun, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Um, Mm -hmm. What has this year been like for you? Is it everything that you expected or is it, is it more or less fun getting known than you thought it would be? Oh man. The only thing I would say is that this year I learned, okay, there's three things I got to, communicate what I need from mm-hmm. people or and like who I am to people so that like we're good mm-hmm. and then like I'll say also like to never commit to something that I never wanted to do in the first place and then also what I've learned this year is that if I had just gotten into an argument with someone it's really hard to walk down the street and if someone sees me and they're like hey like I've 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 for the most part, been able to turn it on and just, like, be fake and be, like, super happy and sweet. But it's just like, Yeah, but it's just like, yo, I just gotten into a huge argument. And it's just like, that is, like, the only thing that's hard, like, getting used to, I think, is just that, like, because I don't don't like being fake. You know, I want want to be like, yo, I'm going to be real with you. I'm sad today, but I don't want to make someone sad that's meeting me. Like, so that's just been, like... I, I would um, imagine that that would be one of the hardest parts mm, of, of mm-hmm. you know, celebrity or growing into celebrity is that, yeah, people forget to look at mm-hmm. you as like a full human a three, or a three-dimensional mm-hmm. human. You know what I mean? But like I'm you grateful. can have opted. Yeah, absolutely. Because nobody really for real knows me. Yeah. Yet. So. <laughs> yet. But they will. Uh, but no. <laughs> like, yeah, that's that thing is like, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you just got to let somebody be sad. Yeah. Out here in L.A., you know, people won't fuck with you like that. It like, does. In small cities. Right, like, right, yeah. right. Yeah. It really, yeah. I've noticed I've been able to, like, move, like, alone out here. You can maneuver in L.A. Mm-hmm. a little easier, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so, yeah, let's get back to Dreamville. So, mm-hmm. uh, 
what's it like when they fly you out to LA and you're, uh-huh. and you're getting wined and dined and they're doing all the things? Wine like, and dined. Well, not wine, whatever, what? whatever, he took whatever. Me to Taco labels. Bell. So it wasn't wine. It was Look, no wine and dined. No shots. No shots at Taco Bell. I'm still trying to get that sponsorship. No, you know, I you know. love Taco Bell. Now I love it. I, I wish they had some like alkaline options. Yeah, but right. like, I mean, I grew up like. That those affordable tacos really got me through. Hell okay, yeah. so yeah. like I love Taco Bell. I love the T four, the Mexican pizza. I love the soft tacos. It's just tasty. It's yeah. just right. And I might have to relapse on veganism after this. And Taco get- Bell is one of the best restaurants for vegans. They got options. Really, it's true. Um, so when they bring you out to LA uh-huh. and you're doing the the Taco Bell thing, uh-huh. I mean, what, what's that feeling? Is it validation? Is it like excitement? Is it, I don't know. You tell me what you're going through at that time. No. And, and by the way, I, I mentioned to Eve that I, I wanted to go to Taco Bell and he, <laughs> he actually, he actually hadn't been there in like years. So yeah. it was like a cool, like fun thing, yeah. but it was just good vibes. Like Cole was just like, he was just so happy. He was in the studio, like, spitting stuff. And when there was an opening, he was like, okay, so, like, see if you can do something on this. Or, like, um, maybe try something with said. Like, um, and I just was free. I just was real free in there. Yeah. And then that's how FaceTime got created. Um, and this other record that um, never came out. But it was just really amazing, amazing vibes. And so... Did it just feel like you found your tribe, you know what I mean? Like as far as the music industry goes, did it feel like these are my people? I loved them so much and it was good vibes and I felt like, I felt like home, but I did not think it was about to be my home because um, Cole was like, Earth Gang, I love them. I want to sign them right now. And he just kept saying that and I was like, dang, like. I, I like, I I know he does not like me because you know he wasn't like saying that like he wasn't like s- treating me like how he was talking about Earth Gang. Uh-huh. But when I think about it, it's like he probably wouldn't have talked about Earth, Earth Gang yeah. like that yeah. if they were right there either. Right. So it was one of them things. Like I was like, yeah, Cole, he he not really feeling me. But then two months later, and it turns out like he was because they signed yeah. me. And, so. ha- and how has being on that that label um, affected your creativity? Have they just mm-hmm. nurtured and incubated oh or God. have you felt pressure ever? Yeah, Never. When yeah. I tell you I've been into so many like scam situations, like so many. And Dreamville has literally saved me. Like they really will show you like... They're just a perfect, like, example, a perfect prototype of just how you run a label Mm -hmm. and how you just let an artist grow. Mm -hmm. And even if they're stubborn enough to say, like, I want to do this, they're open to letting them do it. Mm -hmm. And if we fall on our ass, then we we take that L and it's like a beautiful growth. But it's like they're not giving up on us. It's it's all love. It's all encouraging vibes. It's, It's just family. And, like... They just, it's just been beautiful vibes. Like, they just really take all of us in as, like, their children, their siblings. Like, it's the sweetest thing ever. I've been watching Dreamville grow for the last few years. And Mm -hmm. just, I think, the way that Cole and team are moving Mm -hmm. is so wonderful. And, like, they're really letting all of uh, the signees Mm -hmm. grow at their own pace. Mm -hmm. And, and, and yeah, I think, like, the music that's coming out of the label is just... Um, Perfect. It's just, yeah, it's it's, it's mm-hmm. really historic. You know, it's going to be yeah. looked... It, they're all going to be those records that you know is clean in time. You know what I'm saying? In 10, 15 years. Because, like, yeah. people are going to look back at them.
Eminem's classics, you know? So, yeah, shout-out to Dreamville. I just know, exactly. Shout-out to Dreamville. I just know they are literally good people because, I mean, I've gotten into a lot of trouble, so I could say to some extent, like, um, the common denominator might be over here. Like, I may be stubborn and things like that, but when I tell you, like, they, like there's no beef ever like yeah. it's just good genuine vibes and like they understand me and it's just the most beautiful thing ever because I just never thought I could ever be with people that are so sweet and patient it's yeah. the perfect match yeah because never have they ever just treated me like they were disgusted by me or ashamed or like annoyed or irritated like it's always been love always yeah. from they're Eve sensitive to your to needs cold yeah. felton to adam yeah exactly to everybody mk like just beautiful vibes like, that's dope mm-hmm. um i would imagine you're coming kind of towards the end of your promo cycle for this record mm-hmm. and starting to gear up for new music and oh, everything yeah. like tell me um what's next for you is it, is it a little bit of a break or is it straight back to the lab um, to get, what's next is to just be with my dog. Yeah. And Shout out to Galactus. Yeah, I just followed him on Galactus, Instagram. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's everything. He's a big uh, ass Akita. He's a good yeah, looking dog. He's yeah, he's a sweetie. Yeah. So just to be like all laid up with him, like that's my baby. So to find an apartment, um, I'm headlining a tour in Amazing. Europe. So. Awesome. And I'm going to do some press out there. And then January, February, I'm blocking everybody. I ain't answering nobody's calls. Uh, I just want to make music. And I just want to mentally just decompress, spiritually get my, I don't know, the chakras aligned with whatever yep. I decide I'm going to find in life, whether it's rocks or God. Or, you know, I just want to, like, just get everything together yep. and just soak it in. You yeah. Know? yeah. Meditate, absolutely. sleep. You know what I'm saying? Maybe even quit drinking. I don't know. It's easy when you really get to it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you did that. That's inspiring. You know, I, I guess. That's really inspiring. Yes, it is. All right, That's thank hard. Because we're in an industry where people are constantly throwing it at us. People and- look at you weird when you're like, ah, no, yeah. I'm good, you know. But it is what it is. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm old enough to where I don't need to be peer pressured. You feel right. Me? So anyhow, um, <sighs> Ari. I want to thank you for your time. Thank you. Watching how you move today on set, watching you perform, I mean, you're just uh, such a light. Uh, you make everybody so comfortable, thank and the, the performance is beautiful. I can't wait people, for people to see it. Um, so that said, tell the people where they can find you online. Wow. Um, well, y'all can find me on Spotify, uh, I guess Apple, YouTube, SoundCloud. Everywhere. You just got Google only. You. <laughs> okay Cupid, POF. You on OK Cupid? No. That's a dark one, I think. Like I, back when I was single, that one. Okay, this is a little scary site. And Tinder, I got on for like a day recently yeah. just for just to I mean, if, if somebody joke. sees you on a dating app, though, they're going to think it's a scam. <laughs> exactly. That's why I was like, this is stupid. I'm yeah. just going to wait until God puts a man in my life. If ever we matched on a dating site <laughs> when I was single, I'd be like, that's not really you. Really? Like, yeah, why are you stealing Ari Lennox's photos? You know what I'm saying? I know. Yeah. But somebody might be like, oh, maybe it is you. And it might be a genuine little handsome prince. You know, it could be. We'll oh. see. <laughs> I wish you the best with Thank that. Thank you. Um, so that's it. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, before I get out of here, I want to say that, um, you know, we've been doing the You Feel Me podcast for two years now, and okay. this is going to be the series finale. It is oh, not wow. going to continue next year, so you are the series finale. Oh, really? Fin- yeah, that's this it. is it? This is the last one. You are the oh, wow. S- we're ending it on a high note like this. Well, congratulations. This. Yeah, thank you so much. For I everything. Wish- yeah, thanks. This is awesome. It's been a great opportunity. It's over? 
It is. This oh. is it. So that said, I have like a Grammys thank you list that okay. I'm going to read through oh. real quick that you can sit through. Yeah, all right. Uh, but I, I just want to go through and thank some of the crew and everything before we get out of here. I want to say, uh, first and foremost, thank you to my uh, A1 from day one, Ben Shin, behind the boards, making the shit sound buttery. If you've been following along for the last decade, you already know what the fuck it is. I would like to thank Jessica at Skull Candy for big bossing this whole endeavor. Uh, thanks to Catherine and McKenna at Skull Candy for this opportunity, getting me involved to help Skull Candy build a music program and keeping a roof over my head for the last three years. Huge thank you to uh, Adam from Ham on Everything um, who I've worked really closely with this year and he's truly displayed his talents in helping curate and booking all the artists we've had on the show including the lovely Ari Lennox. Wow, uh, yeah. Adam. Yeah, Adam, that's oh, my guy. Adam, thank you. Shout out Adam. Yeah, shout out Adam. For real. Changing my life. <laughs> Seriously, because this was awesome. Oh, man, I appreciate yeah. that. Um, thank you so much to the creative director at Skull Candy, Ted, and his team, including Burgundy, Dylan, Parker, Justin, uh, our stylist, Vivian, for keeping everyone crispy. You know what I'm saying? Is With that- some- that's Vivian who dressed Yo, you today. Yo, everything. Where are you at, sis? Where's she yeah, at? Yeah, Vivian She's killed it. Everything. She kept everybody crispy in some very challenging colors. And oh our makeup goodness. masters are here for beating uh, my ugly mug every episode. You feel me? <laughs> uh, thank you to the production team at Penelope Studios. Uh, their ever positive director, Chad. Shout out, Chad. The uh, producer and my soon to be mentor, Lloyd. Shout out to Lloyd. Uh, first AD, Lenny, for keeping the ship afloat and who still owes me that book that I loaned him. Uh, oh. you, you know, hey, I'm going to hold him to that. <laughs> Kyle, the production manager, all the DPs and camera operators, including uh, Robert and Brennan, uh, the art department head, Sander, who's built all the outlandish sets you guys have seen. Audio guys on set, including Derek and Josh and all the rest. And finally, uh, shout out to my best friend and lead photographer, Dom, and all his team for keeping the mood light, making everyone look pretty. And um, without this huge village, this content wouldn't exist. So uh, I want to thank everybody so much. Been an amazing opportunity. And uh, now it's on to the next. Uh, and I also want to say, you know, after we filmed the first episode, my dad passed away this year. Wow. Yep. I'm sorry about that. It's all right. That. Uh, and so I want to dedicate this season to him. Mm. And then. <laughs> yes. That's all right. We'll edit that part out. Uh, no, no. Yeah. So that's it. Uh, my name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition. And uh, this was the finale of You Feel Me at Skull Candy, uh, the podcast where I talk to artists and athletes about mm-hmm. life and culture. Mm-hmm. Thank you for following along. It's been dope. Peace. Since it's National Women's Month, I'm speaking to all my ladies out there. It is time for the first sip. Don't worry, men, you can participate too. For those of you who are new to the show, welcome and congratulations for your very first first sip experience. For those of you who are not new to the show, you know what time it is. It's time to grab your glasses, your cups, your mug, maybe your flask, whatever you got. It's time to take a moment out just for us, just for us, to give ourselves a pat on the back, to say, hey, congratulations for all that you are, all that you do, all that you are becoming, all that you have shared right here today. I know you're probably just getting your day started, but you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the work you did yesterday. So we take this moment out together, the first sip on Miss J in the morning, to acknowledge that, to take a moment and forget about what you have yet to do, what you still need to do, what you wish you had done. No, no, no. This is not the time for that. This is the time for you to say, you know what? In spite of it all, despite it all, I am still amazing. I am still great. I am still wonderful. 
I am still beautiful. I am still powerful. I am still strong. And so we raise our glasses, our mugs, no matter what we have in it. If it's a little libation, drink responsibly. But you can have coffee, tea, water, juice, a smoothie, maybe even a mimosa. No matter what it is, you raise that glass, you raise that mug, you raise that cup, you raise it high, and you say, yes, I am. I am, I am, I am. And we're going to take our first sip together. Now, y'all know, the best part of Miss J waking up is, what? coffee in my cup and mm, 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 does it not smell good girl but if it ain't coffee for you and it might be tea no matter what it is like I said before let's raise it right now and take our first sip together mm, mm-hmm. go ahead go in and go take a, take another sip I'm, I'm taking one too mm. oh yeah congratulations <laughs> To all of you for participating in the first sip. Let's make this a habit. Each and every day right here on Miss J in the morning, we're going to take a moment out just for us. Step away from the hustle and bustle of life and take a moment to celebrate you. And if nobody's told you, I'm proud of you and I love you. Let's get right back to the show. Hey ladies, it's March, which means it's officially Women's History Month, or like we like to call it National Her Story Month. Now, Women's History Month has had its origin as a national celebration in guess what? The 1980s. I know, right? Uh 1981 to be exact, when Congress passed a bill which authorized and requested the president to proclaim the week beginning March 7th in 1982 as Women's History Week. Throughout the next five years, Congress continued to pass joint resolutions designating a week in March as Women's History Week. Finally, in 1987, after being petitioned by the National Women's History Project, Congress passed uh-huh, 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 Pub L100-9, y'all look that up on your own, which designated the month of March as Women's History Month. Between 1988 and 1994, Congress passed additional resolutions requesting and authorizing the president to proclaim March of each year as Women's History Month. Since 1995, presidents have issued a series of annual proclamation designating the month of March as Women's History Month. These proclamations celebrate the contributions of women in the United States and recognize the specific achievements women have made over the course of American history in a variety of fields. This month, we are celebrating all things Pumps. Pumps for Women, Inc., our sponsoring organization right here on Pumps Radio, is focused on the purpose, the uplifting, the mentoring, the positivity, and the sisterhood. Women need to thrive. This month is one of the most exciting months of the year, and I'm thankful to bring it right here on Ms. J in the morning. So tune in for new episodes Monday through Friday. You can listen 24-7 on your favorite podcast app anywhere in the world. We are going to do all music, all events, all trivia, all interviews 
views, everything surrounding women all March. 31 days of amazing female power. Make sure to keep it locked right here on Miss J in the morning and visit our website, pumpsforwomeninc.org. P-U-M-P-S-F-O-R-W-O-M-E-N-I-N-C.org. Pumps Radio, thank you. Thank you to all the women, past, present, and even future generations for your contribution to our success. Happy National Women's History Month from Ms. J in the morning. Hey, what's up? Yo, this is 50 Cent. What's up, y'all? I'm Beyonce. What's going on? It's your boy, Drizzy Drake, and you are now rocking with my homie, my homie.
cute. You so cute, girl. I love your nose. It's cute. All right, so I know you're in here and you're a little young, but uh, this next song is called Pussy Pop. Here we are. <laughs> Jesus. Smoking on this straw, you don't care. Say you don't judge me, you love me, that's why I keep you near. If I pop this pussy for you tonight, oh, will you promise, baby? Won't you make a promise that I'm gonna be your wife? If you you good, fuck you good, to treat you how you should, Hey, adventure time is what we got on, sit back that thing, back that thing, if you really want some, I, we kick in by politics, Smoking on drone, baby, you know I like it slow. If I pop this pussy for you tonight, oh, will you promise, baby? Won't you make a promise that I'm gonna be your wife? If you really love me, I'll fuck you good, fuck you good, fuck you good. To treat you how you should Sit in now, baby, you love Sit in now, baby, you love See, that's why I love Sit in now, baby, you love Sit in now, baby, you love got your own spot oh. me neither all right here we go all right I need y'all to bust it open for me please seriously everyone 50 and up I need you to the front busting it
out of your comfort zones and <laughs> cursing with me. Um, so yeah, this next song is for um, my natural sisters. Like I made it for us because we sexy and fine. And I feel like a lot of people sleep on our gloriousness. And so yeah, this is for my natural brown queens, okay? And I'm talking about all shades of brown, okay? So here we go.
Welcome J. Cole, y'all. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.